Big beats are the best. Get high all the time. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode five of the fourth wall. Uh, my name is Matt Goward. Up today, I am joined by, as always, Mr. Isaac Kidd. Hello. And Mr. Ryan Heath. Hello, Jeremy. Uh, and today, we are going to be talking about the greatest comedy show ever written. It is the one and only Peep Show. Hells yeah. No, I was going to say, when you um, said that we were going to do, I think it might have been referred to as, as the Peep uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, Peep, I thought yeah. we were going to be reviewing some work from Little Peep. R.I.P. R.I.P. Never forget. Uh, but never forget. no, it's the Peep Show, isn't it? It is. It's the Peep Show. It's the motherfucking Peep Show. It's the motherfucking Peep Show. Oh, God, it's so good. It's so good. Um, I don't really know where to start. Why don't we just start oh, with... Can, can I just start with uh, our sponsor this week? Oh, we've got a yeah, sponsor. Oh, sponsor. Yeah, Go sorry. Of course. Cool. Thank you but, so much, Isaac, for being, of course, being on it. Yeah, well, thank you to uh, Greg's uh, Pasties and Pastries for providing the UK with um, consistent um, <laughs> breadcrumbs <Gloop>. and <laughs> wonderful selections of pastry confectionaries and very... <laughs> unusually low quality coffee but for the price you pay it's worth it um yeah thank you gregs uh here's the show thank you very much greg i love that's a big sponsor for us <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that is a... huge i mean what who's bigger ray fines or gregs um i would argue that gregs is gregs is larger but more people know voldemort let's be honest yeah i was gonna yeah. say <laughs> if gregs right. played voldemort if voldemort was just snacking on a sausage roll that's a nice in that image. Final battle. Product placement. Product placement. Oh, sorry, guys. I've just been eating a Greg sausage roll. <laughs> I've come to destroy you, Mister Potter. But first, <laughs> have you tried the new vegan sausage roll from Greg's? <laughs> oh dear. Uh, anyway. <sighs> anyway. I mean, I quite like Voldemort, but we're not here to talk about Voldemort. We're here to talk about two men. Two absolute losers, the yin and yang of every person in society, Mark and Jez, the stars of Peep Show. Oh, yes. So maybe we should start by like saying what our history is with Peep Show. Are you into that? Yeah, yeah, I'm up for that. I'm up for that. Be good to kind of know um, when people started first peeping. Um, I, I had my first peep when I was probably... <laughs> probably <laughs> okay no i watched peep show remember this could be used against you in a court of law i remember the exact day i watched peep show for the first time because it was um it was uh black friday and it was probably like i think i think i was maybe in my first year of uni so it would have been like 2015 uh maybe 14 and um i was a bit late to the game um but i remember i had tonsillitis and i was in bed for like a good few days like maybe four days and um, I'd just been watching Peep Show for four days straight and I left the flat and I was sort of like really spaced out and I felt like I was in an episode of Peep Show. And I felt like my narrative was Mark and Jeremy. Jeremy? Jeremy. And I got to um, the local Tesco's and uh, people were raiding it and people were like jumping over each other and grabbing TVs. And I thought, this is the end. What? <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> It was just it was just Black Friday, and I'd just been indoors for four days. Did you have um, an inner monologue? Did you did you take that upon yourself after watching it? Because that, <laughs> yeah. that happened to me the first time I watched it. I was just like more more, more aware of my thoughts and trying trying yeah, to like yeah, make totally. myself laugh in my own head. 
<laughs> but anyway, you sort of telling jokes to yourself. Yeah, I think from that point, I'd, <laughs> I'll do it every day. Yeah, well, I, like Peep Show as a as a as a format, it, like comedy format, is so so it's a it's fantastic for it's creative writing, isn't it? Because yeah, any really thought is. that pops into your head can go into it. There are no yeah. taboos, really, are there? Because you can just kind of be as vulgar as you want, because you know totally. everyone else is equally as strange inside their own minds how about you isaac what's your history with the peep uh i the first time i watched it uh was um when i think series four or five was coming out and um yeah i I was just in love with the characters um and how extreme and, and some of the scenarios i think one of the first episodes i watched was the jilting episode which jilting in itself is a huge taboo, isn't it? You know, it's not a very um, accepted thing. If you told someone, yeah, like I jilted someone, like it's pretty hard. But well, this... especially Olivia Coleman, can I just say, you jilted Olivia Coleman in this. Yeah, but he age. didn't jilt Olivia Coleman. He jilted Sophie. True. I, I wouldn't True. jilt Olivia <laughs> Coleman. Um, I would a hundred percent jilt Sophie. What does jilt mean? What does jilt mean? Uh, leave them if you jilt someone at the yeah, altar. You leave them at the altar. Oh no, yes, and okay. To be fair, yeah. I don't think he actually he did. Didn't he didn't jilt it. He, no, he didn't he jilt forced, them at the altar. He, he jilted Sophie after. to be like read between the lines and was like, okay, <laughs> it's just the most hor- Yeah, these, they're not nice people, and that's kind of like the charm of it. It's like they're lovable losers. Um, yeah, that's that was the first um, time I watched it. When I was like fifteen, I think. That's a good first episode. Yeah, I think my brother used to watch it, so I'd seen like odd episodes for, probably from about series two and three, when I would have been like eleven or twelve, and I just didn't get it. Just went right over my head, and I just found it really disgusting. I didn't yeah. really like disgusting stuff. Like mm. not not just the jokes, but into it's like, it's a very grimy yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah especially is, like Superhands. They're flat as well. It's kind there's of gross. Of that, yeah, there's a lot of crudeness. Yeah. And uh, but I remember watching uh, when Ben was back one Christmas. We watched the New Year's Eve episode, which I think is like 2010, so it would have been about 15. And it was then that it clicked for me, and I just went back and watched all of them. And I pretty much watch it all the way through, usually once a year, sometimes oh, like once every couple of years. But I always watch the Christmas episode on Christmas Day. That and the Father Ted Christmas <laughs> special. Can you quote, what, what, got any quotes from um, that episode, the Christmas one? There's loads of food related jokes in, um, in, in Peep Show, isn't there? My, my favourite one in that episode is one where he puts the ham in the shredder. He's like, think of what it's doing to the mechanism. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Even now we've got, oh, your name is four, four Nan Matt on this. Yeah, four, uh, oh my God, Four Nans. <laughs> four Nan, <laughs> Jeremy, that's insane. That's insane, that's insane. Uh, so um, yeah. Who do you most you... relate to? That's a very good question. Oh fuck, that's what I wanted you to do. So for ages I thought I was Mark. But then the more I looked at it, I was like, no, I think I actually am a bit more like Jez. But then I did, uh, like, <laughs> I did like three or four personality tests, and I was Mark for three of them, and Jez for one. Oh, was these Buzz, Buzzfeed peep show? Uh, Buzzfeed uh, types, yeah. There was a Buzzfeed, uh, a Radio Times one, a Tab one. I'd say you look oh, more you, like one. Jez, if that's anything. Well, I I <laughs> associated with Jez's like, especially when I was watching it 
the most when I was at uni of just getting high all the time and making really bad music and fucking around. And I was just mm. like, yeah, I'm jazz. But I'm definitely more Mark's awkwardness, ang- social anxiety, hatred of pretty much everything modern. <laughs> Oh, just everything. He's so stubborn, much. isn't he? Oh my god! Just when he's it's like so boring, William, it's yeah, like William boring. Morris box sets and uh, <laughs> watching. <laughs> I love, I love that they introduced me to uh, Bob Ross though. So shout out to uh, the writing, oh, the nice. writing team. Oh wow, yeah. How about you, uh, Ryan? Who who do you associate more with, Mark? Oh, who do I associate more with? Um, definitely Mark. Now that I've watched it again, I think yeah, I think like a younger me would have been Jess, but. Um, uh, I, and I, I almost feel like okay with being a bit like Mark in mm. some ways because I think um, I think Jez is like Mark's kind of a bit boring and like you know has his own kind of neuroses going on but Jez is like insufferable when I watched it again recently like he's <laughs> yeah. just such like, like yeah, if he was my friend I would have like yeah. cancelled him a long time ago yeah. um, but a, a great character to watch but like really insufferable as a person so I uh, definitely am Mark and proud. I'm Team Mark, baby. Oh, team Mark, Mark and proud. What about you, Isaac? Um, yeah, it's a tough one because I love, I love them both. I think they work so well off each other. Yeah, I'm Team Mark. I have to, I have to, just like every every line that he says, like I couldn't pick between them. Like if you were like, oh, who's your favorite? I couldn't pick. No, no. But if it's like who I associate with more then yeah it would be mark but i think what's good about the two of them is that they are just different aspects of every person <laughs> yeah like everyone can associate a bit with mark and everyone can associate a bit with jez it's not like oh you're either a mark or a jez it's just mm. we've taken all these different personality traits and split them in they're yin and yang basically yeah yeah we've all got a yeah. bit of both for sure yeah i think it's interesting like watching it now and like looking at some of the things that maybe have aged actually you know what i watched I it, it and i don't think it's aged yeah. a lot i think it it's really been. still relevant yeah. like i even went back to like series so the last couple of days i've been watching them i went back to series two i think it is the, maybe the first episode where they go to um is it rainbow rhythms oh um, which is a really good episode so mark <laughs> is essentially like trying to sort of woo sophie um and jez is kind of yeah sort of trying to woo everyone um and is really fixated on this kind of um new age sort of dance class where he meets this very attractive american woman who's also in flight of the concords is she yeah i can't remember her character's name but she plays um i think she plays brett's ex and then jermaine starts going out with her or it's the other way around yeah 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 she's a funny such a real character like all, all the female characters i know they're some of them are love interests and things um mm. but they i can just relate to them i can just be like oh i know that person oh i know that person you know like the, i know they they take the um some of the characteristics to some extremes i um so yeah big sues <laughs> Big Sue's. Big Sue's is just from from the get go. She's just Big Sue's, and you're just like, okay, <laughs> this is. Yeah, yeah. They don't even. That's the thing about the context of the show. Like they don't, they don't. Um, which is maybe what I'm guilty of sometimes is give an explanation of you know to you really didactically. Do they? 
Like yeah. they do, they do for Big Sue's. Um, she gets mentioned in like the. I think she doesn't show up in the first series, but Jez mentions her as his ex, who he's just moved out of ah. and moved back in with Mark. Mm, okay, maybe I'll have to um, go back to the f- yeah, very first series okay. to get some get some of that juicy context. Yeah. Then, yeah, I love I love Big Sue's. Well, should, all right, so let's let's go through the characters then. I say. Well, actually, before we do that, should we just talk about like the concept of it and why it works so well? Yeah, yeah, sounds good. So, you touched on it earlier, Isaac, with like the for the inner monologue. Yeah, it allows them to make a joke at every possible opportunity because not everyone would say something funny or have a smart comeback or. It feels unnatural in sitcoms where everything they say, like, I really used to love not going out, the Lee Mack one, because it is just like one-liners as a conversation, essentially. But it doesn't feel natural. With Peep Show, it feels entirely natural because they say one thing and then you hear the voice in their head that's saying the complete opposite thing. Yeah, I recently rewatched Fleabag as well. And I think that does the same thing with the soliloquies to camera. It gives you that extra layer of meaning and humor that i think is lacking in a lot of comedies when characters can only say what they're actually saying as opposed to just what they're thinking as well yeah she hits she smashes through the fourth wall doesn't she in fleabag um what's the what's the um what's the writer slash actress's name in that uh phoebe waller bridge Waller bridge that's it yeah bridges 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 yes yeah bridges because there's phoebe bridges and phoebe waller bridges and Phoebe and Phoebe Waller Bridges did a video for Phoebe Bridges. Bridges, yes, they have a collab. Yeah, they did. I think Mr. Sexy from Normal People is is in that video. Yes, I think Phoebe Bridges reached out to her because I read an interview of her where she talks about Fleabag and how it's like the best thing she's ever seen, and that it was like finally seeing herself represented on screen. But anyway, we are 100% doing an episode of Fleabag because that show is a fucking masterpiece. It's amazing. Oh, my word. God, it's so good. My- Could it exist without Peep Show, though? Who knows? Mm, it's a good point, actually. Peep Show is, feels like a definite influence, for sure. Yeah, Peep Show is obviously more of a male-orientated thing, and you just say, oh, like... But I, I, it was fairly predictable for males to do some of the quite obscene things that they get up to, especially some of the thoughts they have as well. You're just like, oh. But in Fleabag, yeah, seeing it from a female perspective, I think that's why it works so well and is yeah, also yeah, successful yeah. Totally. because it's just like... Oh well, like, I haven't seen a woman being portrayed in this light, but like we're all just humans. We're all gonna have like crude thoughts or just you know unusual things that pop into our heads. You know, we're all gonna want to masturbate over Obama. Have either of you watched um, Big Mouth on Netflix? Yeah, yeah, I've kind of watched a few episodes, trying to get into it. Um, it's it's interesting. I really like the first season. I struggled to watch the second, but in the first season, there's an episode where like the boys realize. It, one of the kid's sisters is like, girls get horny too. Yeah. <laughs> the kid's head just explodes. Yeah. Because he can't comprehend Honestly, that I fact. wish I grew up with Big Mouth as a kid because it just... Oh, it'd be amazing. Because it teaches you about sexual education in a way that isn't... Uh, what's, what's the word? Um, like too prudish or something? I feel like the teachers that I had at school were very tiptoeing around things or too vulgar and then not actually detailing you what you should, especially with puberty. Whereas, yeah, that, that cartoon show, which is on Netflix, Big Mouth, is the the perfect um, 
the perfect show if you're um, trying to go through something uh, which you've never experienced before. Like, you know, <laughs> if you go through puberty, you mean? <laughs> yeah. If you're trying to go through something, aka puberty. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, this show, I feel like if I watched it as a teenager, I would have lost a lot of the nuance um, in Peep Show. And you did, Matt. You watched it for 15. And I definitely didn't. I was watching things like South Park, maybe. Things that are a bit more, a bit less nuanced, maybe. Although South Park is fairly nuanced. Um, but you felt like you understood it and you kind of could relate to some of those things as a 15-year-old. Uh, I don't know if I could relate to it when I was 15 as such. I think I related to it more <laughs> once I was, was in uni. Mm. But it, it was when I was 15 that I finally like found it funny. I just didn't yeah. find it funny before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, but I, yeah, there's tons of stuff like... I didn't, again, I didn't really like South Park when I was much younger. I was one of the people who just thought it was a bit crude and toilet humour. It wasn't until I was older when I realised it's one of the smartest shows ever written. <laughs> so is. It's like The Simpsons is... They've got, I think The Simpsons have, has got like a really nerdy maths jokes like embedded in The Simpsons throughout the entire entire sort of yeah. running of it. There's loads of like really sort of intense math jokes. There's a whole book yeah. on it. Because American comedies up to that point as well had been, um, there's always been winners. There's, they've always had guest stars. And that was that was like the only pool that sitcoms had. So it's like, here's a, here's a situation. And then, out comes The Simpsons, which was um, we can do anything. You know, it's a sitcom, but we can pretty much do anything. Put anyone in it. Um, but the 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 characters like Bart and Homer, because it, the popular characters at the time was actually Bart Simpson. He was the the more famous one and more likable one. Um, and I feel that's because he was like the winner, um, in quotation marks, and um, which is quite a common theme upon American... The winner of, like, the protagonist winner. As, a, as like, an archetype, so he was always going to get away with it, it, or he was always going to come out on top, whereas yeah, Homer yeah. is the loser, um, who usually, yeah. you know, has to fall, take the fall, or is, um, is the, like is the fall Jeremy. character, yeah. And whereas, yeah, so in, in Britain, we have a lot of loser shows, a lot of lovable loser shows, which do very very well yeah but i honestly i couldn't work out why that is other than other than maybe like it's political it could be i mean you know having having a businessman run your country for example i think you know that's probably a polit political thing i mean there's t there's tons of interviews that i've seen about like british comedians uh, the main one i've seen is the one with ricky gervais talking about the difference between british and american comedy because he had like a big hand in developing the first season of the US office. And yeah, it's just this idea that like Americans like hope a lot more than we do. And they own that's what I found so refreshing when yeah, I watched It's Always that. Sunny because they are fucking terrible people. I love that. There is no hope yeah. for them. There is no redeeming quality in any of them. Yeah. It's more cynical than most British comedies. That's so true. What I love about that show, though, the the Always Sunny show, is just like, this is what happens when you're drunk at work all the time. Do you know what I mean? Like, you'll never get anywhere. Yeah. And I feel like that's almost a lesson in itself, do you know? <laughs> and I think That's a lesson in podcasting in, right there. Yeah. Well, with Peep Show, I think the habits that the two of them have um, lead them down te treacherous paths, doesn't it? 
Could, what's your yeah. um, what's your favorite kind of episode and and what what kind of taboo or what what kind of caught your eye with Peep Show? My favorite episode. Oh, ask Ryan. I'll have a think. That's, that's like picking my favorite child. Not that I have a child. <laughs> yeah. that I know. Ryan, what's, your, what's the most memorable or um, or even funniest? Me? Funniest. That uh, I really love the episode "The Party," which I think is maybe season five or six. Oh um, yeah. And they have this. Yeah, they have this party at their flat, and it's like um, watching it recently is quite funny because I suppose when you're at university, maybe you have access to like maybe slightly cool parties or parties that are kind of, I don't know, what you kind of might um, imagine a party to be. But then you have these like loser dudes who are sort of in their like, you know, in their sort of uh, past past their glory years, I guess, maybe, um, if they've even have, had any. And they're trying to have this party and trying to have this funny experience of all these sort of um, trendy people kind of coming to their flat and celebrating. And it just, it sort of works, but then like, there are just so many ridiculous and like, um, I guess, uh, banal things that happen at this party. Peak point. I love, like, the yeah. thing is, you say that, Peak but point. we referenced, I think, growing up, half the stuff that happened in that party, do you know? And I think, yeah. you know, for I've a younger audience, it points. worked. Yeah, it worked so well because you're just like, oh, wow, yeah, it's fairly, um, it's kind of embarrassing like the state of the, yeah they get it's an embarrassing party, but there yeah. are some lovable moments in it and some of the characters and you always understand why the why the why and the characters and what their motives are and and what happens in the end yeah i love i love peak point hq in the, is it is it also in that episode with the door there isn't a door for the toilet so they have to yeah they have to like put up this cloth, and then, and then the joke. I think the joke then becomes the peak point gets um taken out. The peak point gets compromised. The toilet, yeah. and it becomes compromised. So then they have to puke. Um, someone pukes in a bin. But for like earlier in the episode, you saw Superhands, um, the crack dealer or the the side character of Peep Show, um, with a <laughs> snake. And then he's like, "Oh my God, does anyone see my snake?" And then it's like that. It's just, yeah, it's like the ensemble leads you to these weaving jokes. The snake's in the bin, isn't it? The snake's in the bin at the end. What was it? Was it red next to black, step the fuck back, red next to yellow, cuddly fella? (laughs) 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 But red is next to black. Oh, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Red is next to black. I don't know. Oh, God. Yeah, I just love that bit where... um, Mark is like really freaking out because he's like, no one's dancing. No one's dancing. Jez, go and get some more drink. And when you're on the way to the kitchen, just have a little dance. <laughs> yeah. like, he dances oh. his way through the living room, just completely demeaned. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, I love the part. I forgot about the episode. That, that one is brilliant. I That's think funny. my favorite is probably University Challenge. The one where Mark follows April, the girl he meets at a shoe shop. <laughs> finds oh, yeah. out that she's gone to uni oh, wow. to his old uni so him and Jez go there and follow her and he pretends to be in her class with Peter Capaldi <laughs> as their history yes. professor yeah. oh yeah it's just that feels absolutely like amazing two hours that long that, that episode it's like a lot I know so it. much yeah. happens in that episode I just love the don't you remember the motto Mark there's no Quim that likes to party like the Quim down in Darty. <laughs> and I've I've heard people at uni say shit like that, unfortunately. Wow. Ridiculous shit, yeah. I love how out the loop um, 
Mark's character is though, because he's like, oh, he had, the love interest is in uni. And so he obviously wants to pursue that. And it's just like a perspective I've never really thought about um, kind of from that way in, do you know? It's so, it's so extreme. Like the, the measures he goes, <laughs> is is beyond creepy. It is very <laughs> it's creepy, dude. University challenge is very good. Does any of you watch the David and Webb? Uh, is it that David and Webb? Mitchell Mitchell Webb. Football. It's constant. Football. <laughs> that scene like sums up how I feel about football and just competitive competitive sports in general. Mm, yeah. Just see absolutely no point in them. We, but also, well, me and you definitely are guilty of getting World Cup fever when we went went yeah, and watched that Colombia right. game. We in got London. really rowdy, didn't we? We got very rowdy. <laughs> We, got we were so in London, weren't we? It. So we were in London, Isaac, and we went to see, um, went to watch the football in the pub. And because we were in London, there were actually some Colombian fans oh, like, wow. in, the, in the pub as well. <laughs> yeah. um, and we just brawled with them. We just fought them. <laughs> for... No, we didn't really. No, we, yeah, we, 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 we were really passive. We were really passive. We were just sort of sat there. I bet you really bought polite. a client, didn't you, each? Oh, sorry, chaps. Every... <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> sorry. You no, think no, I'm just no, going to no, buy no, a no. random or a pint in London? Yeah, I'm not made of money. Jesus Christ! I could barely buy my own pint then. <laughs> that was a nice little afternoon, wasn't it? That was a very nice afternoon. Yeah, so Peep Show is set in London, um, but it's set in a very um, kind of working class environment. I mean, they, there's two people occupying a flat. There, a lot of the places they go to are like corner shops, um, you know, bowling alleys. I mean, it is. It is a, quite a relatable show to the working class, but also to, I think to the middle class as well, who has a lot of maybe Mark's sensibilities or some of his oh yeah some of his pride and um, boring boring aptitudes. I'm not saying. Yeah, Mark <laughs> is one hundred percent middle class. Yeah. Oh yeah, that'd be hard to dispute. Um, and Jess is as well, I think. Um, yeah, because yeah. he comes from a middle class background. His fam, True. his his mum's quite. Oh, actually, if we talk about funniest moments, my fa- my funniest moment of Peep Show is Mummy Coffee Fucky Hurry Uppy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mummy Coffee Fucky Hurry Uppy. Oh, my God. That, yeah, that is amazing. Yeah. Intense. <laughs> Super um, intense. So, yeah, yeah. Jace is like that, that, middle, that middle class dropout who's, who yeah. thinks he wants to stick it to the man. I love that scene. Um, is it where Sophie comes back and she goes out with Mark and Jez and her friends? They do drugs, but Mark doesn't. And it's the bit with a guy who's like, um, oh, listen to what he's doing to the music. He's taking it up. Oh, he's bringing it down. <laughs> he's taking it back up. He's bringing it back down. I've met so many people like that on Nights Out. Yeah. But he says something, uh, Mark, at the end when he's like, I'm not high. And if it wasn't, you need to stop complaining about uh, there aren't evil forces at work. If it wasn't for consumer capitalism, you would be rotting in a pile of your own flesh with teeth falling out of your mouth or something. Oh <laughs> something God. like really fucking brutal. It does speak to like, yeah, I feel like it's people that I know who like Peep Show are usually, it's quite mixed. It's not like when I'll say, oh, do you like um, people that like, get, I don't know, a lot of my mates who like might look down at something like Gavin and Stacey, they might not want to watch it because they're like university educated and they're like quite posh. But um we'll happily watch Peep Show and then a lot of people who are like 
big fans of like Kevin and Stacey or like yeah like I don't know maybe more working class TV shows or whatever will like definitely be up for watching Peep Show it seems like quite a I mean quite I quite like of, Gavin and Stacey I quite I'll be like honest. it yeah I don't I'm think it's too. amazing but it's uh, it's got a lot of heart and a few good jokes but I know I know what you mean that it is this sort of clash between the, the intellectual comedy and I'm like I don't know if yeah I don't I hate that idea of like Oh, this comedy is smart. I get that comedy can be very smart. That's fine, but this like high and mighty sort of behaviour that people mm. are, and it's usually with like shows that no one watch like I love Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, but the fans of that act like they are the fucking bee's knees. Well like, they're oh, super we watched, clever. We watched this super amazing show that only got one season and no one's ever heard of it. <laughs> yeah. And it's just the funniest thing you've ever heard of. <laughs> yeah. I mean it is fucking hilarious. And it's I can't... a bit like that with Brassai as well, I think. Sometimes. Yeah. I oh, think a yeah. lot of people Brassai who are really so into Brassai good. are like a little bit like that too. It is, they're ahead um, of their yeah. time, to be fair. Um, yeah. But then you're just like, well, and, you know, there's, uh, like, there's loads of things you Nathan can watch. Barley. And how accessible is it to watch? You know, I feel like Peep Show, you can watch it on various uh, streaming platforms um another sponsor from uh um, our friends at uh, greg's across the uk providing you with profiteroles and this just in this just in this is a, a channel for fourth wall exclusive Oh wow! Okay, cool. Uh, if, channel four, four. We're not channel four. four. If, if you walk into Greg's four. and quote a peep show line, then um, you'll have a nice day. Thank you. Do you get do you get a free profiterol if you go in and <laughs> quote peep show to a Greg's? Of course they do profiterols. Oh, that'd be a very weird they one. Um, they should do that. I'd go in and buy a few. Sure I'd buy do. I'd buy a bag of profiteroles for one ninety nine. How long has Greg's before some pineapple been... fritters? How long has Greg's actually been a thing? Because um, you would have seen Greg's in a Peep Show Where's episode. This side? Where's this Greg's track come from, Isaac? Where's this I feel like Greg's... if Peep Show was made today, they would have like had an interaction in the Greg's. It's more of a northern thing, though. Like when I was when I was in Chef, um, uh, there's a like a sh- sort of street of shops. It's not the high street called uh, The Moor, I think. Or the Moor? Yeah, The Moor. There's three Greggs on it. And it is probably... Actually, I'm no good with lengths. But I'd say there's about... It's about 20 sh- shops long. Some of those shops are a bit bigger. Three Greggs on that one bit of path. Three Greggs. Oh, okay. Yeah, they fucking love They fucking love the Greggs up north. Uh, and there's like two other bakers that, on that street as well. Yeah, let's support independent businesses, guys. Um, in Peep Show, you had um, a few restaurants, Indian restaurants, a few um, pubs. One that Super Superhands actually owned. <laughs> you suddenly, like, you suddenly become like a yeah. corporate a corporate sponsor, Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> corporate, now, nah, fuck the corporations. Don't tell Greg's that. I think our favorite episode is the the wedding one. The jilting. The jilt, I mean, the jilting, ju- the it just makes me laugh so, so much because you mm. hear, you hear, obviously what they're thinking. Um, you know that he doesn't want to go through with it, and the the fact, and then it leads them up into that um, 
it's like the prayer booth or something, isn't it? And then Jez is just strung along because that's how he's, he's like divisive, isn't he? As a character, he's just like strung along. He's like, oh, okay. And then he's like, the childlike quality of him is just like, I've been up here for so long that I. <laughs> um, he has to pee. And then um, Mark's just like, oh, if you have to pee, like just pee. And then he starts pissing. And he's like, you're actually peeing. It's like, yes, as soon as you told me to start peeing, I immediately start the procedure. <laughs> because that's who i am right (laughs) and then then the whole wedding ceremony just sees the stream of piss like dripping down from this prayer booth and they have no idea where mark is because he was you know in the act of jilting and then then mark has to kind of come out and be like it was a huge it's a like joke and the, it's a practical yeah, joke. It's, it's a surprise. <laughs> and then Sophie's just there, like clearly understanding what the situation. Um, and yeah, it's it's tragic. <laughs> it's funny. It is like a really horrible episode. That bit when they're taking their vows and they're both crying, but not with tears of happiness, with tears of sadness. Oh yeah, <laughs> like crying so but, much. But I mean, if you look at the the how many people get wedding get wed and then get divorced it did definitely mm. illuminate you know why what marriage is and what love is and and what like because there's a lot of pressures from on weddings i think mark you know internalized a lot of them um do we know why he actually i can't remember why he i thought it was just that he was scared of being alone which i can i've definitely ah. i've definitely done things like that in the past yeah. out of fear of being alone. every time you've got married matt you've done every that time <laughs> yeah God, the alimony, man, it's killing me. <laughs> those down payments, those deposit payments you'll never get back. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, he comes back to it in the final season um, when Sophie's like, oh, yes, maybe, we, you know, why don't you come move in Nana's cottage again and we can get married? And Mark is like, yeah, fuck it, let's do it. You know, why not have a life of unhappiness? And Sophie's his initial love interest isn't she? But we yeah, haven't talked from, about like, his the first episode. Yeah, all right. Yeah, let's get episode. let's get into the characters. His, um, his with latter love interest. Uh, we can start Oscar, with Sophie. Yeah, yeah. Oscar-winning okay. actress. Oscar-winning. Imagine that watching Peep Show. You never think any of them would ever win a fucking Oscar. But as bam. good as they are, but it is absolute. I still find it baffling. Not because she's not good. I think she. I think Olivia Coleman is heaven from above. I adore her. Heaven from above. She, oh, I love her so much. Hell from below. She does a lot for charity. That's that's all I know. What, what's what's her um, what's her background? Do you know if Olivia Coleman's like mates with David Mitchell and um... yeah, I think they. Uh, I've, I'm pretty sure they were in. I don't know if they went to Cambridge and they were in the Footlights. Oh, uh, the com- the famous comedy troupe from Cambridge. Yeah, I know that they did some stuff together because um, I feel like I've heard an interview with her. Oh, she was born in Norwich. There you go. The home of, uh, the home of is it Coleman's Mustard? Coleman's Mustard, hello, yeah. yeah. Is she related to the, uh, the family fortune? There must be a link. So <laughs> she, did, she auditioned for the uh, Cambridge Footlights and met future co-stars David Mitchell and Robert, Robert uh. Webb. Nice, oh, makes yeah. sense. Makes complete sense. Uh, we haven't even talked about the fucking writers of Peep Show, though. We've been going all on about. But I, well, for, all right, we'll get to that. I think you, you know, we want to talk about the characters. Do you want to do characters? First. Yeah, characters. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, so yeah, Olivia Coleman and Sophie. 
she is just incredible. <laughs> just like, <laughs> what just, do you mean? What, like her acting ability or like just... her acting ability, the range that that character goes through? Yeah, the like Tyrannosaur. Have you seen Tyrannosaur? Yes, I oh. have seen Tyrannosaur, but that is not a film to be talking about right now. <laughs> if you, you slide another Greg's advert while we're talking about characters, I was like, I'm going to bloody leave Wait, this is she not in that film? squad. She is in Tyrannosaur, yeah. yeah. She's, she's amazing in Tyrannosaur. Yeah. But I feel like we can't really talk about a film that's about domestic abuse, alcoholism, and, and the dinosaurs. fear of being alone. Uh, well, no, there's not... Spoilers, there's no dinosaurs. Um, whilst we're talking about... Really? Pizza. No, there's not. It's directed by Paddy Constantine. It is fucking amazing. It's, but it's, one but of, it's, it's, it's one of those films where like you watch it once and you never want to watch yeah, it. Again. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I love the sequel though. The sequel's better, I thought. Um what Jurassic Park. What did, what, oh, I really yeah. the sequel. Can you imagine? I, but the reboot they made of Chris Pratt, like Oh no, they need to stick Olivia Coleman in Jurassic World. Hell yeah. Would be, she'd, uh, she would elevate it, wouldn't And you just believe like everything that would happen. Even if they did if they went from CGI to practical dinosaurs again, put Olivia yeah. Coleman in there, you'd believe all of it. You'd be like, fuck me, that's a it's real the, fucking starring Olivia the... Coleman as the stegosaurus. <laughs> oh yes. She would be brilliant in that. Um, I don't doubt it. So well, Sophie, she plays Sophie. She plays Sophie. Now, have either of you seen? I know, I know. I'm now talking about another film, but I'm not really. But if either of you seen the favourite, <laughs> which I have, she won yeah, the Oscar, I absolutely yeah. loved it. Yeah. yeah. Right. She's amazing in that film, and what I love about that film is it's basically two hours of that scene in Peep Show where Sophie is in the toilets crying, throwing up, and shouting at Mark. Yeah, it's relatable. It's that extended into two hours, and it is fucking amazing. That is so relatable. I've had women in in the past doing that same thing, or I've been yep. throwing up in the toilets myself. Yep, I think you know, I've seen you in the toilets shouting at people, Isaac. You, I think I've seen you do that quite you a lot. Bet. And it's like you're in the cubicle, you know. You you want privacy, yet at the same time, there's no shame anymore because you're inhibited. <laughs> your head's down yeah, the toilet. And you're just though. like, I just have to let this out. I love how Sophie goes from like Mark's dream woman, and you get all of these. You know, she seems like a very nice woman. Seems perfect for Mark. Like able to take him out of his shell a bit yeah yeah mm. and then i wouldn't say she degen- degenerates as such actually no she kind of does yeah, she does degenerate yeah, a bit yeah. and it might be because of mark it is because of mark like, <laughs> yeah yeah it probably is <laughs> and yeah she just starts getting drunk all the time and doing a lot of drugs yeah she does it i forget yeah, she goes that completely wild that like when she's she's free of mark <laughs> yeah when she goes to bristol loose. she just goes absolutely batshit I mean, that's what we all do when we go to Bristol, isn't it, to be honest? That's the place to go. I'm so glad I didn't go to Bristol uh, for university because I think I would be in a ditch right now. <laughs> I think I would literally be in a ditch. What city, though? Uh, you should go, Matt. It's, it's great. It's, yeah, it's no, I, I would love to go. It was a shame we can't really go anywhere at the moment. So, yeah, Sophie, excellent character, excellent performance. Good on you, Miss Coleman or Mrs. Coleman. <laughs> Good on you. But we couldn't talk about the characters of Beep Show without talking about one very special crack whore, crack deviant. He's not really a crack whore. <laughs> Wait, no, he's a whore for the crack. He's, the, he's just the wildest card, isn't he? He is the wildest card. card. That's a really good, really good way of describing this person, yeah. It wow. is the one and only Superhands, who the first thing I ever saw him in was Skins, where he plays Cook's dad. Oh, he does, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. And he lives on a boat, yeah. 
He's very off off hands, isn't he? He's off the wall. He's crazy, off the wall crazy. Hands free, baby. Hands <laughs> free. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I mean, hands is just I don't know. I I don't know how you write a character like that. He he's clearly portrayed as the 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 crack guy, you know, the the guy who is addicted to drugs. Um and that comes with a whole a whole ray of you know what he's been up to, who he interacts with, how he thinks even, and then um and and yeah, and he's connected to Jez, obviously, isn't he? Is he connect- then, is that how is that how he comes about? I don't know the origin yeah, origin story. So, yeah. Superhands. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't. I don't know if there is one for hands. I kind of like that. I like that he's he's basically the Joker. He just yeah. sort of appears out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> he, he turns his life around, doesn't he? <laughs> Towards the end, that. you know, he he he's the one who. Um, no, he he starts to turn his life around. And then yes. he fucks it all up when they kidnap April's husband. Oh, in the yeah, final yeah, episode, yeah. and his wife leads leaves him. Oh yeah, they go on that massive bender, don't they? When they go out, I love seeing that turnaround though. It's so it, like it was funny to watch this person completely change in that kind of way, because you could tell that his like his inner monologue was kind of being like you know being challenged and being pulled left, right, and then um, well, he, he does it quite he does it quite a few times. There's like one where he quits crack and he tells mark he, he's like mark i want you to have this it's my last rock and my pipe and i want you to keep it it's symbolic and even if i come at you with a big stick <laughs> i want you to say no and then, oh, he, yeah. goes, and then he turns up with a big stick and mark's like, there you go. <laughs> yeah he just hands it over doesn't he? here you are oh, <laughs> Uh, he's he's really intense as well like his character is quite there's some things that han says that they're actually like kind of almost intelligent like like he's quite he's clearly quite well read maybe or an educated character just, like, yeah definitely yeah. he's, he's just, just found himself in, yeah, he's, he's just, just found himself in a ditch you know in, in, into crack yeah he's, yeah he's definitely like sort of uh aldous huxley seeing through the doors of perception defo type person yeah he's yeah. he's a kind of drug taker that almost sort of takes drugs as an act of like uh, yeah, not necessarily just a hedonistic way, like maybe a small sort yeah, of to, to figure out. Yeah, uh, society. Way. It's more about society, though, isn't it? He's more. Yeah. I think he's quite on the nose with some of the some of the ways he, uh, <laughs> he challenges people. Yeah, I love I love Superhands. Um, this other favorite character I have is the Honcho. Honcho. Honcho Johnson. boss. Well, I can't remember his Johnson. name. Johnson. 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 I was Johnson. like, well, this isn't a character, is it? Honcho. <laughs> yeah. What kind of hey, show Johnson, you think? Johnson. You mean Johnson the boss, the, the big boss? He's he's charismatic. He is um, outwardly a very masculine figure. He's There's some weird sort of like he's, knowing smile behind Johnson's... Uh, yeah. You he's know, got yeah. another level to it's him, a, which is just like, oh my God, I don't know what he's going to do next. Do you know what I mean? I think it's like the power... He's got... He's power tripping half the time, he isn't is. he? And I think that that that's that's loving his character. Absolutely he's loving it. I'm Johnson. He's <laughs> yeah. like he's like the worst uh, contest uh, contestant on The Apprentice. <laughs> yeah, I Purely love it when he's business in... motivated. Yeah, there's a bit where <laughs> he says, "Oh, Mark, you need to get a 40 inch plasma screen in your office because when you get a document up on that bad boy, you're really looking at that document." <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 
<laughs> he said as well when he um when he was elected Mark's boss, um, he I think this is the second um series. He comes down to the department and they have a little party to sort of like welcome him into it. And um he's like, I'm gonna shove a foot so far up this department's ass it will come out their mouth like some kind of leather tongue. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, yeah, he's really like, fucking oh. violent. Like we and we know people like that. I know those 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 kind of like motivational fitspo yeah, like yeah. grind just grind bro the hustle you know all yeah. about that like <laughs> masculine yeah. energy of like getting yeah. things and conquering um yeah and it's like can be really annoying and his beamer yeah and his beamer johnson's beamer i i do love yeah. that that first episode with him in where mark thinks that he's in love with him oh yeah and mark has the <laughs> question whether the he's first episode yeah, it's the first episode wow. he's in. It's so weird because Mark doesn't really talk about liking anyone other than Sophie, um, April, Dobby, and Johnson. Oh, and his his mate, uh, I can't remember what his name is. The racist. The one who he becomes friends with oh, and yeah, turns he's out he's a massive racist. And he's a huge racist, yeah. <laughs> it's not the painter decorator that drinks loads and hits people. Oh, the painter oh, decorator. Oh, Big Mad Andy. <laughs> Big Mad Andy. Andy. Uh, he's one of my favourite characters. And we, let's talk racing. about Big Mad Andy. He's only in two episodes. He's a ste- <laughs> he's he's, yeah, he's a stereotype. I think um, the, all the main characters that we've talked about so far, they're all kind of archetypal. They've all got yeah, so. multiple characteristics. Um, whereas, yeah, but the Andy, the um, uh, the handyman, he he's a stereotype character but then he does start to show i mean he starts like boring his eyes out doesn't he and he like when he doesn't um like things well, he, talks, going his he way. talks about going to therapy yeah and jez is just like oh yeah no therapy's good you know they you know there shouldn't be a taboo there isn't a taboo no no i, I know there's not <laughs> like <laughs> he's this really like o- emotionally open and available uh like alpha male this type that is very often portrayed in the media as a idiotic numb no emotions yeah but figure. it's almost it's almost they've written him in, in a way model that, car model house model village yeah but they've written him in, in a way that was re- in relation to that i think all of by by stereotyping people in that kind of way as you said maybe lower class maybe having um um you know and uh, he it's clearly affected him as a character isn't it mentally yeah, he's a stereotype, and as you as you said, they they were the stereotypes in the media, for example, um, and that's one layer. And then the other layer to Andy is that the a feminine side, or even just his internal side, has been completely, almost, turned off, and therefore suppressed, baby. Yeah, and therefore his outlet is just to cry on on the job. We've all done it, haven't we? We've all, we've all we've all got in for a plastering job and cried. We've all cried, yeah, at someone else's house and things. But do you know what I mean? It's like that that's where it goes to because it's like where else does he have an outlet if he's being told what to do and things? We sort of touched on her, but I don't think we, we got too deep. Oh god, that sounds wrong. <laughs> it sounds wrong <laughs> if you say it sounds wrong after you say it. <laughs> big Sue's. Big Sue's, big Sue's. Wow, I love Big Sue's. She is one of my favourite characters. Big Sue's, yeah. Why? Just because she is like this really sort of uppity, pretentious, 
very, still very nice and lovely. So nice. Really. Yeah. But is she nice or is she just surface level? Yeah. Yeah. Trying to be nice. Yeah, very focused on her. Like when they turn up at her New Year's Eve party, and that she makes Mark and Jez hand out the food or hand out the canapes. <laughs> oh yeah. Because they weren't invited. Yeah. He's like, and by the way, once you've done a round, feel free to have a quick five minute sit down and a drink before you go again. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my word. She, yeah, I, she's just hilarious. It really upset me she's not in the final season. And I love the episode where Mark thinks that he's in love with her. And then she tells Mark that she's like, I see you as a big, cuddly eunuch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, imagine being called that. That would be so. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's like the ultimate, oh, you're such a good friend. (laughs) Yeah, someone called you a eunuch. A eunuch, yeah. Oh, no. I thought you said unit, like a fridge. No, eunuch. Yeah, you're a big bloody... You're a big unit 17. You're a big (laughs) unit. Unit. Talking of fridges, on Amazon, I looked for a fridge the other day and... um, I saw one that I liked. It looked really good size. You know, maybe it was quite big, you know, enough for a few cans or whatever, some milk. And um, I bought it and it's big enough for one can. <laughs> Wait, no, that's it. No. In, the no picture, in the picture, it looked massive. It looked huge. And it's big enough for one single can of beer. No way. Can you send yeah. us the link to see so we it can... It is so... so can... Look, <laughs> look. a message perspective. Put one in there. You can That's put the... one drink in that. <laughs> That's not even a mini fridge. That's pathetic. <laughs> so pathetic. I look oh, at it I'm every keeping, day. I'm like, keeping this bit in. I hate it. <laughs> yeah, do it. This, Dude, is, you... this, is, this is peep show. Like This is probably peep show. You have to send that material. back. That's false advertising. You can get a refund. They had a man standing next to it and he was tiny. Never. Don't you remember the picture of the giant rat, which was just like someone holding a rat in like a those big sort of litter pick of things, and they were holding the rat really close to the camera, and they were standing really far away, and it made the rat look the size of a dog. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I love that. That's what they did with the entire Lord of the Rings uh, trilogy, didn't they? Um, Wizardry. Absolutely. You know what would be amazing is to do a whole show like that, especially in COVID. You could be like two meters apart um, and you could have um, different sized giants or... Um... <laughs> and you shook the kids, but like you were just in, in your flat and you were yeah. like... Oh. But you're like, oh, we, we had to do that because of COVID, you know, because of the... Um, to protect others. As like a way of like getting around like really bad production. Yeah. <laughs> really low budget. So we definitely need to talk about Dobby because <laughs> a lot of people don't like Dobby. Uh, I, I, I don't like Dobby at all. Why not? Really? Just actually, People uh, think that she's like a bad person. And I'm like, I don't think she's, she's cool. a bad she's person. Kind of cool, I think she, she? She's just like... She's one of the only... Uh, she's cool, actually. She's cool. Take it back. But, she's like the only person in the entire series who actually says what she's thinking. Yeah, definitely. And she is very similar to Mark, I think. She's very similar to Mark, except that she's more carefree, which I think yeah. is where they oh, yeah, clash. Oh, yeah, totally. And that's, that's, that's literally what happened to their relationship. Yeah. Um, which is why yeah, Jess I, is attracted to her, isn't it? Because she has this carefree yes. thing going on. Uh, yeah, I really like Dobby. I think she's fucking hilarious. Um the like the first episode you meet uh when how 
him and no, her and Mark are in the stationary cupboard. And she starts grinding up against him. And Mark gets too excited and makes oh, a small mess yeah, in his boxes. Yeah. But there's the, the bit where she's like, I brought some feta in today. And Mark just goes, oh, feta, that, that's a sheep's cheese, isn't it? <laughs> Whilst he's being grinded <laughs> on. Oh, God. <laughs> like this really banal conversation. Uh, and Mark's, he... the inside Mark's head is like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to anyone. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Yeah. yeah, I like Dobby, and you have uh, what's what's their friend with the tube up his nose? Oh, Gerard. Gerard. <laughs> tube up his nose. I hate Gerard. Yeah, I Gerard. Hate Gerard. Gerard is awful. <laughs> and what's what's uh, Sophie's what's Sophie's like um, love interest? Fuck, in we haven't first... talked about Jeff. Jeff, the ultimate Jeff. dickhead. No, I think I think he is one of the best dick written dickheads in all of tv or fiction <laughs> just in gen- just in general like you yeah. fucking hate dickhead. him yeah but would you call him a amazing. villain would you be a villain i don't yeah, even think he's, he's a mark's villain. No, villain he's mark's villain yeah but he's not like because mark's a villain to himself so yeah therefore everything that jeff kind of is he, he does it to kind of wind mark up though isn't it which is like actually if you were in that situation you'd kind of like understand why jeff does all the things that he says <laughs> yeah. you're just like how do you counteract mark's just just his ness you know mm. one of my favorite mark quotes is when uh, jeff is taking the piss out of him and then mark's in a monologue goes well yeah jeff you won't be laughing so hard when i come into the office with 200 rounds of ammunition and a clash <laughs> oh yes <laughs> I'm probably one of those people that would actually do something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I really like... It's, it's his smile. His smile is <laughs> yeah. like so perfectly oh, like yeah. sinister well, here's the annoying. Thing, here's the thing, yeah. In Peep Show, the, the how they look at the cameras, it's like they're looking into your soul, isn't it? It's like yeah. they're talking to you. So it's not just, oh, he's just a character who's a dickhead. He is almost talking to you as he's saying these things. So that yeah, I feel like right. when he smiles and it's and also all these characters, all their tiny little um things that they that they pick up, the actors have to do, they're all these subtle emotions I feel are yeah. picked up, which you don't usually We're... get in, in um especially no, comedy right. sitcoms. And that's what I feel grounds the peep show into this more believable and realistic setting. And maybe maybe more abysmally because you're just like oh like i don't want to necessarily see that that much information especially some of these things that these characters get up to well yeah like the the sex scenes in peep show oh they're just like yeah. uh, so are amazing because they yeah, yeah they're so uncomfortable you think about it you're like well yeah that is kind of the view that you have yeah whilst you're having sex but you never think about how fucking weird it is Totally. And to be fair, to Peep Show's credit, all of the, the sex scenes in that always have, it's always a joke. I mean, yeah, everything yeah. that's happening in it yeah. is always a joke. So it is always a bit uncomfortable. But yeah, you're, yeah, you're right. You When you get these characters interacting with Mark and Jez, like into their eyes, especially Jeff and his smile and even Johnson, like when he's looking into Mark's <laughs> eyes, that is no, really sinister, but the kind of sexy... You like, <laughs> you kind of get it. You're like, maybe yeah. I am in love with Johnson. <laughs> what, is Johnson yeah, love what is Johnson doing to me? Yeah, I know what you mean. It's uh, it's it's one of the first like POV um, 
shows I think I've ever seen. I don't remember ever seeing, I don't remember ever seeing anything quite like it. Um, yeah. And that's like a huge, huge strength, I think, of the and show. And also, I think POV with the inner monologue, with the thoughts, um, has still not really been done or explored. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's probably because Peep Show is just successful. And if, if anyone yeah, tried yeah. to do it, it's such it'd be a like, trait for that show, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. I don't know if you could ever do a comedy now where you hear people's inner thoughts. No. Well, you do. You, you now do you can't. You can't do. You? Well, yeah, but she did it differently, which yeah, now means yeah, yeah. that you can't do it that way. Yeah. <laughs> and to be fair, um, Fleabag is more like Shakespeare totally. in like their soliloquies. Yeah. It's even like like ball House ball. of Cards does it as well. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, um, that's very true. House of Cards does that really well, actually. Yeah, talks House of Cards does it excellently. Yeah. I remember watching this one show where they tried to do a similar sort of thing where they would break the fourth wall, but they would do it with, so it was this kind of, this, I guess, like late 20s lad and go hear him going about his day and his life. Um, and his sort of fourth wall breaking uh, trope was like two, two football commentators, like in his brain that would like talk about his... Uh, his yeah. like life they would act as his like thoughts and stuff yeah um and I, I can't remember what it's called but it was like really it was like for one i think we did like one season of it um yeah. it's just like a really bad like peep show basically it was like a yeah. bad ripoff um but yeah like could you imagine trying to write a comedy um without like deploying some of these really um really kind of like uh cemented recognizable tropes like the way that these two shows fleabag and, and peep show break the fourth wall so yeah, well because um, i would want to do it like i think in the in the age of tv now like the idea of like breaking the fourth wall was almost like a given it's like so meta yeah totally yeah i don't know if peep show technically breaks the fourth wall no it because doesn't you're just like in their head like yeah. you get the I POV whereas actually yeah you're right fleabag, you're right. fleabag yeah. Fleabag yeah. is is talking is, is the the, yeah. talking it's like to the, the characters feel because they're talking at the camera it feels like you are the character in Peep Show at the time yeah it's quite clever that in that way that it's yeah it's not you're right Matt it's not breaking the fourth wall really but it does give it's, it's, it give it's that a similar sensation. effect yeah. yeah yeah I I think I read an interview once with the creators where they said like in the first season or so when they came up with the, oh, let's film it from the POV perspective. And they were like, we wish we never did it because it was a pain in the ass for the first two seasons when they had like massive cameras. You can see there's like behind the scenes footage and stuff of the fact that they have to film everything way more than any normal show would have to be filmed because mm. they have to film it from mm. Mark's Every perspective, perspective. Yeah, then, yeah. then the outside perspective, then the person Mark's talking to's perspective, then all of this stuff. Yeah. And like at the same time, like David Mitchell will be stood behind the camera whilst the cameraman's in front of him and he's having to act at the person on the other side of the camera, but you can't see them. Yeah. Oh my yeah. Word. I, I, I actually I love that. I mean, that's testament to the acting abilities, but also all of the... Um, shots that are maybe um that appear of settings so you know usually in in film and, and video the language is oh here's a shot of a house okay then we're inside the house but they didn't do that they kept everything at perspective so if there was a if you were going to someone's house it would at least be from the perspective of an extra or someone walking by 
And I kept I kept noticing that, especially with some of the restaurant scenes and things. You'd be like, how do we know they're in a restaurant? Oh, well, this person coming around the corner is looking at Mark. And then we're from Mark. And there, there's it, it happens all the time in Peep Show. Whenever you're kind of like, oh, where are they? All of those shots are actually from people in the show. They're all from either people walking past or, or what have you. I mean, there's no like... There's no shots where it's not POV. It's all yeah, it, all of, of it. Like, yeah. all of it is and like. And when you I start to notice it, you'll wow. be like, "Wow, yeah, that and that." This is I taking think, a lot of work. Yeah, yeah, and that goes to show you that you know that it obviously filming it and the directors and the creative team behind it had to do yeah all of that work and thought about it. But then because if, I think they probably tried it where they just got a tripod out and was like, "Oh, okay, this is the restaurant," and it probably would lose that the whole the feel of of the POV. And I think that is its the style. And um, maybe, maybe even it wouldn't work if you had some of the jokes that were, uh, you were the, the thoughts, you know, I never even realized that, but that, Oh no, that means I'm going to have to watch peep show again. What a show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, listeners no. at home. <laughs> Honestly, every time I finish it, I get sad. Well, I fi- I watched it. When we yeah. said, oh, okay, let's do Peep Show next episode, I thought I will just watch a few episodes and then like get as far as I can and then I'll watch my favourites like later on. Fucking devoured the entire thing in a week whilst working. <laughs> I just couldn't stop. <laughs> couldn't stop. It is so fucking good. And I still laugh out loud at it. Like, Yeah, I don't laugh out loud <laughs> to a lot of stuff. I found myself doing that. I laugh yeah. out loud only to Peep Show and Fleabag, weirdly. Mm, mm. The sometimes I laugh comedies. out loud oh, uh, South Park sometimes. community I laugh out loud too as well oh, Dude, yeah. community feels so American to me um, it's the first couple of seasons of very American yeah does it get better? yeah I, uh, <laughs> it, does, it gets more creative I'd say it gets better then it gets weirder it, yeah it definitely yeah, gets more creative yeah. I think the problem is is that with community is that um, like quite a few of the main cast left Huh. And they get some good replacements, and I think the story writing is, like Isaac says, gets really creative and really there's mad. There's a lot of episodes, even in three seasons. You know, there's about sixty episodes. Yeah, I think the last Whoa. season has some of the funniest bits in it. It's just a shame that it doesn't have the core characters from the start. Oh, I see. I see, at least some. Yeah. The the writing team of Peep Show, they um, obviously they they went on to write Fresh Meat. Yeah. Um. Which, is which I uni- quite liked. Which is a university uh, sitcom. I thought Fresh Meat was alright. I think I it thought had it was okay. hilarious characters. Let's be honest. Like the characters in Fresh Meat. Robert Webb in Fresh Meat is absolutely amazing. Yeah. As the oh, was Jack Whitehall though. Jack Whitehall, come on, he is. Oh, yeah, like, JP, we, we all yeah. know that person as well. Yeah, I quite enjoyed um, Fresh Meat. I thought it was an interesting sort of like um, exercise in like. Um, ridiculousness and grossness and but it yeah, wasn't and as, like ed- it wasn't as edgy. It tried to be really edgy but it's i know i do feel like it lacked the edginess yeah it was so am i right in thinking that like with fresh meat they want like uh, the creators of peep show created fresh meat but their main uh, process was they wanted to hire new writers new and upcoming writers for every episode okay uh... so i don't think they wrote a lot of them i think the majority no. of them is just up and coming writers it's yeah, not as consistent. Yeah, yeah. It was more co- more of a community written show. Yeah, definitely they did. Yeah, bring, um, uh, these these characters. 
But then Jesse Armstrong is then uh, one of the creators went on to create Succession, which I still haven't seen yet. Succession. Uh, it's an HBO series. It's an HBO sort of drama. It's a, yeah, it's a drama, but I think it's got like humor to it. It's got Brian Cox in it, and not Professor Brian Cox, the Welsh. <laughs> That'd be great, though, wouldn't it? It would be in a dramatic role. Uh, and it, yeah, it's supposed to be absolutely amazing. It's about like a dysfunctional family of like a global media empire, and they were fighting to, for control when they're the patriarch is taken ill interesting and it's like and it, this is like very different tone from from previous work. i think it's a very different tone but from what the way i've heard people talk about it, it makes it sound very funny at the same time uh, okay cool, cool. There's, there's also a, a film i'm not sure how old this one is called corporate animals from oh. 2019 um the premise of this film and this is an american film the hollywood film uh, is that co-workers do a team leadership building um, in some caves and they get trapped in the caves. So it's this kind of ensemble cast, similar to Fresh Meat, maybe less so to Peep Show. Um, but I think it, sound, it sounds like quite... Cause with, with, is this written by...? Yeah, written by the, 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 the duo of Peep Show and yeah. Fresh Meat. Uh, it's got Danny, Danny Dyer in it, is it? Weirdly, like, got a weird, really weird cast. Uh, let's have a look. I saw this. I saw this show with like Danny Dyer playing. Like he was on like a work team building holiday, and then it suddenly becomes like a <laughs> like a Russian Dude, horror no. film. Oh, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's not corporate animals. I know the exact film Don't you're talking you know about. You know what I've I'm talking it. about, Matt? What yeah, is that? Fuck, film? What is it called? Se- se- severance. Is it severance. Severance. That's it. Severance. It's quite a good. Yeah, it was it was interesting, wasn't it? Mm. Christ, I forgot all about that film. I know, Severance. Yeah, I, I was Severance. just having a look. Um, Jesse Armstrong, one half of the Peep Show creators, wrote was the first person to write a Black Mirror episode that wasn't Charlie Brooker. He wrote the entire history of you, which is the one with oh. is it Toby Kebbell? And the when they okay. have the software inside their heads that records oh, everything that's very they see. Peep show actually, isn't it? That, yeah. <laughs> So, it's proper beat so now comes that to fix Yeah. God, that, that episode is pressing. Starring yeah, Toby yeah, Keller and Jodie. It? It's Jodie Whittaker, isn't it? She plays yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That's a good episode. I wish I wish Black Mirror wasn't as depressing, but I think Yeah, that's no, you, you know full well we're gonna do a Black Mirror episode, so let's <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love let's it. Pump I love it a lot. Let's pump the brakes. So yeah, I think that's all the major players in the Peep show. So the peeps. We need those are some peeps in the peep show. <laughs> we need to talk about that final season because I think it is incredibly difficult for a show to come out with a absolute banger of a final season. So true. Especially like peep show is quite rare in the fact that it's a British comedy that was nine seasons, I think. Yeah. Nine. Nine? Yeah. Which is in I granted they're only That's like long. six episodes each. Because I did manage to watch like four of them in, on, on one Sunday last week. Yeah, but yeah, that's almost a decade of yeah characters, you know, that we've known on telly. Yeah. So yeah, nine nine seasons, and that final season, which came out when I was in second year, so it was like perfect time 
for it. It's just amazing. Like this is where Jez is setting himself up as his life, as a life coach. And he starts giving <laughs> life coaching to this girl. And then he starts banging. He then realizes that he might be bisexual and he starts banging the girl's boyfriend. And then he starts banging the girl at the same time. <laughs> and Mark's just like, yeah, well, it doesn't surprise me. You know, <laughs> I've always expected you to fuck your way into a problem. <laughs> and then you've got Mark who finally meets April again from uni who to him is like the one and he's trying to sort of make things work with her, even though she's got a husband There's that amazing episode where he, he invites her over and they do Coke together. Oh, and Mark they? does. Yeah. Mark does one line. He's just like, Oh my God, I've done it. I can't believe I've done it. And he, then he says to April, he's like, that was really great, but I don't think I'd want to do another one ever again. And then immediately takes another line and his inner monologue goes, well, that's it. I'm an addict. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. I mean, any, any, yeah, anyone who's taken cocaine will tell you that's completely how it works. Um, what about the episode where they go and they party um, with super hands and they, they start off as kind of, it starts off quite wholesome. In the final season? I think so. I think that, Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's in the Superhands' Stag Night at the Super yeah. Smoothie Bar. That's a great episode. That is a great episode. They're kind of in the toilets talking about, like, like Mark's, Mark and Jeremy are like, talking to this woman. She's like, yeah, I, I quit my job um, as a something official. And now I make jewellery. And she's, like, doing <laughs> like doing loads of drugs <laughs> in this, like, dirty toilet. And you're like, oh, God. <laughs> Oh god, are these so happy making jewellery? Oh jeez. My favourite bit in that entire final season is when Mark set up all the webcams to monitor Jez when he's away for Hans' wedding <laughs> to see if he's putting on the heating, and that's when he sees uh Jez banging Joe, is it the mm, guy? Mm. And like Dobby's there and Hans is there and Hans is like, So how long have you been filming Mark having sex then, Jez? <laughs> or Jez having sex then, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> and then when Jez later turns up and uh like Hans comes into the room and they're talking about how like Hans fucked up but Mark stood up for him. He's like, you know, that's what mates do. You know, they pound you down but they come up smiling. A bit like you and that guy in Mark's room, ain't it, Jez? <laughs> and then bam. It's good. I like I like quite enjoy the fact that, that they don't try to like bring it to some grand conclusion either. No, it, it feels very cyclical and like this, you know, they, yeah, they have no growth. Yeah. They have no change. The, <laughs> the only real growth is that Mark sort of becomes more like Jez. Uh, yeah. Not, he does not a bit, becomes yeah. more like him, but he starts, he starts taking Jez's advice a bit more in this like desperate attempt to get with April. The bit where he, where Jez suggests writing "I love you" on the eyelids, like in Indiana Jones. Oh yeah. And then the husband turns up for dinner, so he has to put eyeshadow on. Yeah. It's just an absolutely crazy season, and then yeah, yeah, the final episode where it just ends with them sort of sitting together, and I think Mark. They talk about how they would kill each other if they ever did, and I think Mark. Oh no, Jez says, "You know, I'd slowly poison you." make you think I was looking after you, but when in reality, I was slowly killing you. And Mark just goes, 
I think I'd just come at you in the knife <laughs> in the night with a big knife. <laughs> and and they, they, they like look at each other, don't they? And then drink yeah. a bit of tea and then it ends. Oh, that, that's uh. nice. <laughs> and then yeah, it just ends with like, and then we ha- the final shot is us as if we're the TV. We're like the point of view of the TV, and they just start watching the TV, and then it ends. Yeah, that's amazing. Didn't also you didn't mention the theme tune? I think it's one of the best theme tunes. I'm not scared. Da, 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 da. I'm not <laughs> sick. <laughs> oh, I fucked it. We've got that bit out. The, there was an original theme tune as well, which they did. Yeah, for the, for the, the first yeah. season. And uh, in the episode where they go to the bowling alley, you hear Flagpole Sitter, which is like the theme tune for the rest of it. You hear that playing in the background. Ah. They change the theme. Do they change the theme tune then? Halfway through, yeah. The first, the first one is like, yeah. It's clearly like the concept of Peep Show dictated it, as opposed to oh yeah, it's like dictated it. Yeah, it was definitely more like, oh, isn't this a weird, quirky show? Like we've got these cameras as point of view, and then I think season two they were like, oh no, like we've got a world now, and we've got these characters with depth and things and then it's like i'm not sick but i'm not well yeah yeah like those two lines sum up the entire show it's like they're not bad but they're not good yeah they're not (laughs) sick but they're not well just how i feel about almost everyone in my life you know yeah and myself you know um yeah it is just like the the really primal is it's the really primal aspects of humanity that you see uh, yeah and even though it is extremely all the characters are extremely extravagant and outlandish. It still feels weirdly grounded and very yeah, realistic. Yeah, and I think that's because you, you hear the process of, of how they get there. And it's obviously, um, we can all hear how they get to some of the outcomes that they come up with or even some of the the ways that they think about each other, um, which is quite unique. I think one, one of the hardest things to 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 say about peep show is um how it could come across if you were watching it kind of as though your thoughts are as important as they make out to be on the show so i think in the show it's like oh we're using the thoughts as almost a a pivotal place to kind of tell jokes and characters and things I wonder if that is possibly like telling the world that, or, you know, we all have thoughts or maybe it's okay to have thoughts and that actually until you can kind of get them out of your system, then they're kind of, they don't belong to you. But I just think like, yeah, the inner monologue I think is often synonymous with overthinking as well. And that, you know, and, and these characters clearly have problems. Um, Although I think they do paint it, paint Peep Show in a way that you relate to them, and then as soon as they do something, you can't like you can no longer associate yourself with them. What you mean? Like they're so what they're like they're so outlandish that they're believable up to a point, and then they then they become characters or something. Then then they do the thing. They have the thoughts that everyone has, but then they yeah. actually and then they act, act on them. them. And yeah, you see that in Jazz maybe more sometimes, don't you, than Mark? I think, or do you? I'd say you see it pretty equally. I think Mark does some pretty insane stuff. Like even in the first season, or maybe it's in the first one or two when he starts, or no, he hacks into Sophie's emails so he can see like her correspondence between her and her friend about the dates with Mark and Jeff. 
like Mark does some seriously. They, everyone does some really dodgy stuff. And I think that's yeah, it. Yeah, is that these characters go overboard, don't they? <laughs> we completely. I think they're so relatable when you're hearing the voices in their head, and then yes, they then do the thing, which makes you feel a bit better because you can distance yourself from that yeah. a bit more. And it yeah. makes for good telly as well because they go I ahead. I think with it makes for good telly, but then what? One of the things I was considering was how does this actually help you kind of learn about the world because if the characters don't change then how how do you as a an audience or a, a consumer of this kind of show how do you grow do you know what i mean because i think a lot of stories give you that kind of way of like oh okay if you've got a challenge this is how you can kind of come through it i think peep show in itself is funny because it doesn't do that firstly um Mm, there's no hero's journey is there there's no... yeah and maybe in itself that's that's a kind of riff off like oh here, here's this is our thing like don't do the things that they do because you will end up where you began you know with just um a friend but then at the end of the day like they at least they have each other you know at least they've got um there's this friendship this kind of duo similar like a lot of comedy duos yeah mm. i think i think it's a very hard thing to do in comedy is the change and growth of people. Yeah. I mean, the other characters have growth. They don't know. I think the other yeah. characters do, which is, which is a likable thing, I think, for a lot of the characters. And you get very invested in their change and you're like, you want them to win. I think you always want the characters to, to change. But when these two characters don't, you're a little like... you. I think at the end of the season, I was definitely frustrated on one hand, but... All, also, I was kind of like thankful that this is this is like <laughs> um, yeah. I prefer a cynical look to it, if I'm honest. I, like I think with Fleabag, you could say that she definitely changes and grow and grows yeah, by the end of that sure. season. But that I would say Fleabag is a dra- is a comedy drama. Like watching it again recently, I was thinking like, "Fuck, I forgot how depressing parts of Fleabag yeah, really." Fleabag are. is bleak yeah. at times. Yeah. It's really fucking bleak. Yeah. yeah, it's a drama. You're right, especially with the yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, yeah, with uh, what's her best friend and all that stuff. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, I appreciate that in Peep Show they don't change because I think that's who their characters are. I think, especially when you get to that point in their lives, yeah, people like. I think it was the great philosopher Patrick Stump who once said that seasons change, but people don't. <laughs> I think for me, they're like a real, um, a real good example of like a, what I wouldn't want to become. I think. Yeah, they're <laughs> yeah. a good warning. Yeah, and yeah. I think, like, and I think, like, they're like, I think Jez is like a, the perfect example of like the sort of. Um, like quite arrogant but also insecure like man who felt like he never had to never wanted to do anything and now suddenly he's 35 and is a massive loser i think that that like yeah. is yeah. is quite is quite yeah, like, that's when i associate with jez a bit more yeah <laughs> i think that's quite dangerous not dangerous necessarily but for me that's not something that i would want maybe um but it's a, a nice reminder when you go watch it think okay maybe maybe i should should go and do some work yeah yeah (laughs) i think that's what's good about jez is that because jez has that musician side of him yeah he is speaking to that like create the creative part of people definitely yeah yeah yeah. i really yeah the kind of what the kind of wasted creative though do you know what i mean like and mark's more of the um conservative 
you know, more kind of by the book, copywriter. Yeah, yeah, copy, yeah. Copywriter kind of. Um, Nine to five. Chap. Yeah. What happens if you just accept society's rules and you and you and you follow it and realize that your life is incredibly boring and you have no personality? Yeah. <laughs> but I think he doesn't even come to that realization, or does he? So, you so basically got to find the middle ground between the two. <laughs> you have. You've got to be between market yeah. chairs, and that's a sweet yeah. spot for sure. Yeah. And that's us as viewers in the TV of the final episode of Peep Show. Bam. Bam. Whoa. What episode? That might be our shortest one yet. That was it. (laughs) Hello, Matt from the future here. So next episode should have been Isaac's pick, which would have been the Nintendo Wii. And we'll still have that episode, but we had some issues recording it and we've got to go back and maybe re-record some bits. But Isaac is currently away, so we've got an interim episode. We'll have a guest. There'll still be three of us. We're going to be talking about the BAFTA Game of the Year this year, Hades, which is absolutely swear word incredible. Uh, So yeah. We'll see you next week for Hades. If you haven't played Hades, go play it. If you have played it, played it again. Phenomenal. Phenomenal.